Traveling the Vortex. We've joined Lethbridge Stewarts and the 5th Operational Corps as they defend London and the world as they arrive at episode 292. Grab your aluminum foil and make some hats. How are you guys? I'm good. That open did not go how I expected it to. <laughs> but that's okay, I'm going to let it just go. Hang on, let me uh, adjust my tinfoil hat. Got to make sure it's it's nice and yep. clean and, and covers everything. Make sure it covers everything, and I have the antenna peak on it. Yes, so. yes. The antenna peak is, is crucial. Key. Crucial. Crucial. Is anybody else picking up Mets games? <laughs> <laughs> For what? Last year? Yeah. <laughs> it's game five. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a good week. I'm Glenn, by the way. Oh yeah, you didn't introduce yourself. You didn't I'm, either. Yeah, I did. I said I'm Keith. No, you didn't. Okay. I said, how are you guys? Oh, you just said, yeah. how are you guys? <laughs> I'm Keith. <laughs> I'm Sean. The aluminum foil is messing with my brain. Our brains are scrambled this week. Yeah. I keep trying to eat my hat. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to use leftover aluminum foil. You should get new so you don't have oh, food crusted to your head. That's why I smell like Chipotle. Sean's <laughs> <laughs> is shaped like a swan. <laughs> really impressive. Peking duck. If you, if you take it off, he flaps around. <laughs> I was trying to add some culture. I like it. Instead, Glenn keeps poking, pointing his phone at me and trying to capture me like a Pokemon. <laughs> Did you guys do anything this week? The, the lack of a periscope for this segment may lead you to believe we're not actually wearing tinfoil hats. <laughs> what? But we are. I watched a couple movies. What did you watch? Uh, first up, I watched Horns, which was really compelling. Oh, the Ratcliffe. And uh, you can horn. tell it was written by Stephen King's son, <laughs> because it goes off the deep end. Keep in mind, the shallow end is a dude growing horns. <laughs> oh, bother. <laughs> but the, <laughs> the, entire, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the entire thing is so compelling that you just, I don't know what's going on, but it's just... Wow, that's the word I've heard. It, it, it really, compelling. especially throughout most of it. It, it, and it kind of has a Gone Girl feel to it because the idea is this guy is accused of killing his girlfriend, and he's adamant that he didn't. Uh, and then we watched the Finest Hours. That, oh, uh, the Chris the, yeah. Pine uh, Coast Guard Rescue. Coast Guard movie. Rescue. How was it? It was good. Uh, I didn't love it, love it, love it, but it was really interesting and definitely worth seeing at least once. The the action is good in it. Everyone does a fantastic job acting wise. Uh, yeah, I'd highly recommend it. And then the last thing we watched was Bat Soup, the Ultimate Edition. <laughs> well, didn't you watch anything? Did you do anything? Uh, about halfway through Volume Six of Skins, and we're almost finished with Rebel Season One. Oh, so you guys liking Rebels? Yeah, oh, immensely. I think I, I'm at the point now where I think I like it better than Clone Wars. Not all of Clone Wars. Even though I love Clone Wars. It's Today we went and saw Star Trek Beyond. And? I loved it. I cannot give you high enough praise for this movie. It is far and away the strongest of the uh, reboot Kelvin Universe movies. Um, it completely washed away the bad taste into Darkness Left. <laughs> yep. It feels like Star Trek. Mainly by ignoring Into Darkness. Too. A lot, yeah. But <laughs> That's it, how it washes it away. They, they meant, this, this is almost in a way going to sound... I almost hate to say this, because when you describe a movie as a really good episode of the TV show, you kind of get that negative connotation automatically. It's like, oh, well, it's just... but. I kind of thought that while watching it, that it, it felt like a, a bigger, longer, really good episode of the TV show. It feels like a really good episode of the TV show, and not just, it feels like a Star Trek. They're down, you know, they're on a planet again, and they they, they use the crew really well, because they break them up, and uh, yet, unlike some of the other ones, the, 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 the dynamics of the characters really come out. There's a whole great, I mean, you, you get a, a, a Kirk McCoy bit. You get a McCoy Spock bit. You get a Kirk Spock bit. Yeah. Uh, everybody had something to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just 
really, 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 really loved it and was so excited and felt they, they, they knocked it out of the park. But, um, yeah, no, Beyond is awesome. Go see it. So a full review will be coming at some point when I get my thoughts in order and get them typed up. But, man, it was a good movie. Well, should we move on to news? Sure. Uh, our bit of news is kind of sad this week. Uh, last week we announced that Julian Glover, Glover was going to come to Kansas City Comic Con next in two weeks, and now he's had to cancel. Aww. So hopefully you didn't run out and buy tickets just for him, because I'm sorry. Cough, Glenn. Cough. <laughs> I did. I did. I was almost. I almost purchased this week. So that, you know, I've got a little extra money this week. Maybe I ought to get those tickets now. Glad I didn't. <laughs> yeah. So. So we had Julian Glover's gift for all of three days. And yep. It would have been glorious. It would have. Tis a shame. Tis a shame. And that's it for news. I really didn't see much. Uh, there's, <laughs> some, there's some clickbait articles if you want to go read them, but we're not going to bother with them Speak, here. I was going to say, speaking of the three days news, do you hear Clara might be coming back to Doctor Who? <laughs> oh, wait. No, she's not. <laughs> I'm glad they quashed that one early. <laughs> they need to do that. They need to quash those articles as soon as they try to even get some ground. Don't let that fester like that Matt Smith rumor. <laughs> Uh, he only let it fester for like a week until somebody asked him about it. <laughs> a week was too long. Yeah. <laughs> there was also the... It had been more than a week. Well, maybe not. I was just saying because we talked about it a week and then came back and said, told you so, but it had already been reported on early the week before that. Yeah. But if he addressed it early the week after that, then we wouldn't have addressed it until yeah. the weekend, so... I don't know how much of that is the actor's responsibility to quash something. It's like, it's is not, that what they're saying about it's me? It's not, but it, it really, it's it's the it's the BBC should come in and say, I, of course, if the BBC comes in, maybe that loses some traction for the all good all news is good news or all yeah all press um, is yeah. good press. I don't know. Or, or you're on the risk of being J.J. Abrams. No, he's totally not playing Khan. <laughs> <laughs> what are you crazy? We wouldn't do that. He learned from that. I actually saw a very interesting article that um, defended that decision in particular. And it's like, you know, if you spend X number of millions of dollars making a movie and you you go through all this kind of stuff, and then fans being as obsessive as they are, and it, it, it pointed to both Star Trek and Game of Thrones fans who were, you know, apparently when Sansa was writing the letter. I'm going to spoil a moral part of season six here, so you guys don't, if you haven't seen it yet, when she was writing the letter about blah, 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 well, the prop department actually wrote the letter, and oh. it says, you promised to come help and you know send writers from the Vale or wherever the, the thing was at. So everybody was freeze-framing it and looking at it upside down and doing all this kind of stuff and figured out that's what's going to happen. And so there were all these fans that were just like, yeah, they're going to get help from the Vale. And then, of course, they do. And it's like, you know, at what point does being a fan and being the, the fanatical... We we run that that tight walk between being so excited over something and then spoiling it for ourselves versus being so excited for something and coming up with a fan theory and then being indignant and upset that that's not how it went <laughs> because all the evidence pointed to this. So when you have something like that in a multi-million dollar big summer movie and everybody figures out that it's con you want to protect the secret. So you go, no, of course it's not Khan. And you lie about it. And it's like, can we really begrudge him for wanting to try and protect the secret, even though maybe that was the wrong way to go about doing it. But I don't like you can do it anymore. We're just in a, we're in an era now where the, there, there are no surprises in film and there can't be because there, oh. there's there interconnectivity and obsessive fan people. Some film can do a good job. Force Awakens was able to keep things tight lipped about something that happened. So, I mean, well, so I think depends, it depends on the film that you're making and I think, though, the fans you it have. It depends on, I mean, if you, as soon as you hire a cast of familiars, there's no surprises. Well, it's So true. you think, and then you yeah. do get to put your surprise. Yeah. When you hire a brand new cast, you've got a bit, bit, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch coming in and everybody's speculating automatically, you're, That that's where you're going to land on who's yeah. playing. Yeah. So. And, and, it's, and that is a, that is a good point that... Plot points and casting are two different types of spoilers. 
or you run the risk if you if you hire a returning familiar actor for a role that he died <laughs> oh well i wonder what's happening there <laughs> yeah yeah side note i have used your argument uh on how to fix into darkness three separate times this week oh and and everybody has said yeah that that, that really does help why it didn't they do that so, yeah that's what they should have done doesn't fundamentally change the fact that it was bad writing to begin with <laughs> and blatant ripoffs yeah well well that was actually medina's problem with you know, the, this article when i said well maybe jj didn't need to lie and then he came back with yeah but that means you're you're questioning your creative direction right off the bat because maybe you shouldn't have done that if you feel the need to lie about it maybe you're still going maybe this isn't a good idea it's like eh, well, that's, yeah, that's a good point sorry i'm done with star trek anyway <laughs> there's also the obligatory article that uh somebody asked Joss Whedon when he was going to re- direct an episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> did you see that? I did see that. His one. response was, "Come ask me again when it's a woman, <laughs> or Idris Elba." Because <laughs> his, his whole thing turned the whole panel. Who uh, uh, would give an answer or Idris Elba <laughs> for everything? That's a conversations for a cause. It's a really good panel. Go watch it. Well. Should we move on to feedback then, since there's no other news? Yeah, let's do some feedback. Not really some feedback, but we're going to read Ben's review on Goodreads of Showstoppers. He wrote, My only complaint with the story was the cheesy German accent writing. Got a little thick at times. Here's the thing, though. It was supposed to. I really enjoyed this one. Thank you, Ben. Of course, you can weigh in on Goodreads and the Goodreads Book Club, uh... Traveling the Vortex Goodreads Book Club, or you can send us feedback by at feedback at travelingthevortex.com, or on our website, we got a send us feedback tab, or you can reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook. Twitter is at Travel Vortex, and Facebook is Traveling the Vortex. Just a footnote to that as of this recording, Showstoppers has not been elected the August Book of the Month. That is correct. So, if you go there to put feedback, you'll have to put it on Showstoppers. On your review of On your review of Showstoppers, and then let us know that it's there. So, we'll try to keep an eye on those, but we don't always, when they get kind of muddled in all of the different reviews of people that don't, aren't necessarily listeners, uh, it might be tricky. But, if it ends up being the book, the book Club of the Month, which it sounds like it's winning at this point, if it ends up being the Book of the Month, you can go ahead and go put it in discussion, and we'll know to go there and look for it. Yes. I suppose that being said, we should mention that uh, we're yes. going to sign the spoiler horn now because our show today is all about the Showstoppers and the short... Um, the Band of Evil. The Band of yeah. Evil. So if you haven't read those yet, we're going to talk about them. <laughs> well, let's start with the Band of Evil. Lethbridge Stewart is called in to investigate the rock group Totem Pole and their lead man, Oscar Mamana. Could aliens be playing with the crowd at the Empire Pool in Wembley? Yes, they could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they are. Totally could be. I didn't love this one. It was okay. It wasn't wonderful, but it wasn't horrible. It just kind of was for me. Yeah, it's kind of. Um, I liked certain elements of it. I, I, I there were, it, it, it was a fun read. Um, I liked the light-hearted tone uh, to the book or to the short, and um, I was excited that Sally at least started off like she was going to be kind of a. a a major player, and I was really looking forward to that because I didn't realize how much I want Sally to do something more than just be Lethbridge Stewart's girlfriend. Um, so, uh, you know, when it starts and it seems like she's kind of the thrust of the story, I went, oh, this will be fun. Okay, cool. Um, and then unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your, your point of view, um, <laughs> she just becomes yet another hostage and Lethbridge Stewart has to save her. Which... I don't know. From a functionality standpoint, I get it. I mean, the series does have his name on it. I expect him to come in and be the hero <laughs> at some point. But it, 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 it 
Well, felt a little too damsel in distressy and she not some nice moments. In she it. has a couple of nice moments, but yeah, it's it's not like you know. It would have been cl- great climbing just... the ladder when the guys behind it are climbing up to the roof, and it's like okay, when, any moment now she's going to lash out and just face kick him and try and make an escape, and it didn't happen. And I was just I don't know. I just wanted a little bit more out of her from this one. I'm, I'm in the exact same boat. In fact, I was the same way. The only thing I liked about this book was the fact that Sally gets more time. Unfortunately, <laughs> it doesn't go far enough with her, and I think she does get reduced to damsel and distress at the end. And I disagree with, you've got his name on it, you've got to come and be the hero at some not point. Not for these shorts. Uh, no, definitely not for these shorts. And uh, we just had... Beast of Vane Rock last year that was almost an a, a Anne Travers extravaganza with we kept talking about how little Lethbridge Stewart was in that at all. So and his name is on that book. So I I disagree. I think when you're doing the short stories, you should be able to do the peripheral characters completely. When we had uh, the one that was before Moonblink uh, in his kiss, that was a story about Jemima. I mean, it was, yeah, it was a brand new character. And the entire story was about here. Now, it was a lot of backstory. There wasn't a lot of heroism. That she did have some heroic aspects to her. Things that she did made choices that she made that were the right choices for the for, for the character. So I, I think you can take a, in fact, when I started reading uh, Band of Evil, I thought, Band of Evil? Yeah. yeah. Band of Evil. I can't want to say Band of Brothers. That's at HBO. <laughs> Band of Evil. I can, and I saw Sally and I thought, oh, okay, great. This will be a Sally story. And it starts to be a St- Sally story, but then it just kind of meanders back into. And overall, I thought the, the premise was silly. It was very Saturday morning cartoon for me. Um, I thought that the bad guys were very. What do you got against Cold Slither? <laughs> bad, bad, bad. Uh, There's a joke the, for you, GI Joe fans. Though. The bad guys were very one-dimensional, not even two-dimensional. <laughs> uh, this, the. I know you can't do a lot with a short story, but the premise of the bad guys wasn't even developed at all. It wasn't yeah. even there was there was so little substance to it that I just. I, I can't say they, that I care. They for. worked so hard to get Lethbridge Stewart in the correct situation. They didn't focus on the story to that warranted him to be there. That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> it felt like they spent so much time maneuvering the pieces to okay, we need to get Sally here and Lethbridge Stewart here so we can go save her, and they didn't think about what these aliens were trying to do. Yeah, yeah, that's just kind of ex- ex- excellent point. <laughs> that's excellent point. In, in a way, I think with a short story that can be forgiven. I mean, it, 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 I'm to okay, kind of like with uh, uh, black eggs. I, it should be able to, but you know, I don't mind being dropped in the middle of the action. Well, and and <laughs> and just kind of roll with it. And I liked the fact that of See, all and of that's, the, and that's a great point of just drop him in the action. We don't need to maneuver him into position. Yeah, which I think is exactly what Keith's saying because the other problem that I had with this is the fact that there's not enough action going on here. There's if if this had been a fun little quick twenty page, there's lots of action like the one with the set at Christmas time. There's just there's you, there's not a lot of you can excuse di- the lack of plot for more action. Yeah, there's not a lot of of uh, villain development there. We don't get to know a lot about what the adversary is in that. However, it continues to pace along and do lots of fun things and give us a lot of different. This was basically a capture and escape, and that's all this was. And you know, thwart the bad guys in the end, which I would hope happens because you always kind of want that in the story. But there wasn't enough. There was yeah. just it was just kind of meandering and very Saturday morning cartoon. Good try. Who wrote this? Like we're we're not going to talk about the fact that they have a jetpack. Yes. (laughs) Who wrote this? And that was, yeah. Roger J. Simmons and Sean Russell. Yeah. Well, good try, guys. I mean, I I don't want to disparage any author, but it's writing something, but I just, this wasn't my cup of tea. I did like the fact that for all of the um, ineffectualness that we tend to see from uh, Unit and, and the and the early days, the fifth uh, fifth core about going to go do something, it, it was kind of nice to see a very tactical, quick. We're here. We've got the building cordoned off. We, I mean, they, they were they were they were professional in this one. You know, they we boom, 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 and then we saved everybody on the roof. And it was kind of like that's 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 not nice. as opposed to we, we we tend to see a lot of the I'm scrambling to pull troops together in order to go combat whatever this is. You know, and so maybe the fact that it was 
in in London, or I assume Wembley is at least close by one of the suburbs. Forgive me for my lack of uh, <laughs> English geography again. And this isn't the Wembley incident that's referenced. In. And still not the Wembley incident <laughs> that's referenced. In. Still waiting for that. But Wembley's um, already Andy already kind of tipped us off that Wembley has already happened in, uh, in other literature, and we just never have gotten there yet. Yeah, so we, yeah. It's apparently apparently a hotbed of activity over there. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I, I like the fact that you know they they weren't ineffectual. Which I, I think we've kind of said at times with some of the unit stories tend to be a little, oh. <laughs> so at least this one was like, a, yeah, go get them. Yeah, yeah. I wish the people you were going to get had been a little more um, efficient and uh, <laughs> not inept. And and I I don't know if this was intentional or not. So um, the, the the bad guy, Oscar Mana. Ma- 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 I think it's Mamana. Mamana. I, I checked the spelling several times to make sure, but every time I read it, <laughs> manana. Manana. I threw that extra manana. syllable in there. I did the same thing, <laughs> and it, it was a little, uh, a little jarring. You know, where's Monam? Where, where's and I would, you just about did it. Yeah, I just about did it. Where's Oscar? Do 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 do. You know, it's, so the chorus in my head would not shut up. <laughs> Kind of hard to take the bad guy bad, you know, serious. Yeah. yeah, which I mean, he, I don't think was a serious bad guy. <laughs> Another thing it, it, uh, I, I liked about it was young husband. Well, it was kind of nice to have an. Uh, I mean, I kind of expected to see him show up in Showstoppers because he kind of set him up as this is kind of his initiation into the fifth operational core. So I'm assuming we're going to see him later. I, so I, I, I kind of like, right. yeah. like that. I uh, like here's a great too. way to introduce yeah. a new character. Yeah, it, it does work well for that. Uh, and and I, it also works well giving Sally something more to do. And I, I like I say, I liked Sally in this. I liked her a lot. Yeah. I, I just hope that I just wish there had been more we could have done with her. Lethbridge Stewart gets to be the hero all the time. <laughs> Let's let the other char- side characters get their time to shine. And maybe Sally will eventually and something else. So. Although she's pretty non-existent in Showstoppers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, should we move on? Anything else about this one? Should we move on to Showstoppers? I don't think so. I, I just It's been my least favorite of the short stories for certain. The mm. Showstoppers. Nothing in the world can stop me now. <laughs> There's a new show about to hit the airways, but Colonel Lethbridge Stewart won't be tuning in. With the, fifth, with the future of the 5th Operational Corps in doubt, he's got enough to worry about. But a plea from an old friend soon finds Lethbridge Stewart and Ann Travers embroiled in a plot more fantastical than anything on the small screen. Can charismatic star Aubrey Mondegreen can really be in two places at the same time? What lengths will alien entertainment mogul Billy Lovac go to go to in order to reach his audience? And is luckless journalist Harold Chorley really so desperate that he'd buy into a story about Nazi conspiracies from a tramp wearing a tinfoil hat? There's something very hot, rotten at the heart of weekend television, and it isn't all due to shoddy scripts and bad effects. Dun, dun, dun! I am so glad... That I was able to follow up a lackluster story with probably one of the highest, the one of the best Lethbridge Stewart novels to date. I absolutely loved this story, and I loved the fact that it doesn't miss a beat and it stops. It, there's it non-stop something going on, something changing. The interesting thing about most interesting thing about it is. I think you figure out, at least I did, and I think every reader should, figured out that Montague was obviously copies of himself in all these different places, yes. especially every time that they talk. So I kept thinking in the back of my head, well, if I figured this thing out this early, what is going to be the big twist to this story? What is going <laughs> to... And it just continues to entertain the entire time. How early did you figure it out? Um, well, I think when he was on the TV doing the interview and there was also Samson talks Samson, about yeah he saw exactly he already him. seen him yeah how about you 
Um, at least that's when I started to suspect that he was actually. But, 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 but early on, I think he, yeah, yeah, a clone or something. Yeah, so yeah, probably about that same moment. I didn't. I, I kept trying to figure out what he was. Yeah, through the entire thing, you know, how are they? Or how is yeah? How is he doing it? Uh, you know, is it, is, it, is it clones? Is it this? Is it that? And then when Lethbridge Stewart um, caps the uh, the guard that's dragging him into the the thing at the end of his, his his initial session, and the ooze starts pouring out of it, then I went, okay, so now I've got to throw out half of the theories that I formulated <laughs> at this because there's something very differently sinister going yeah, on here. Yeah. And what's weird is there's a I think there was a part of me that kind of thought Rutons. There was a part of me that suspected <laughs> well, that before and brought yeah, it up. Yeah, I think you're I think you're meant to sort of make that 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 seeds already been planted that Rutons have already been introduced to us in this universe. So I think you're meant to maybe kind of formulate that theory early on. Uh, because I kind of thought the same thing, uh, and I especially had keep- especially when uh, this, now this is later than, than the ooze, but especially when uh, shattered. What's the guy's the, the Schottengeist? Schottengeist takes the glove off and, and the yeah, tentacle thing, the yeah. thing and, <laughs> kills and the writer. At that point, I kind of I did another. Oh, is that a Ruton thing? You know, yeah. So I even there, I was like, oh, yeah, still, See, I, I'm still buying into the whole. This could be Rutons or or maybe another species similar to the. Rutons. I had to keep talking myself out of it because the trail of breadcrumbs that kept leading me to Rutons was so strong. <laughs> yes. But then I thought about it. It was like, but they can copy anybody yeah why would they all copy the, the same, same guy, guy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's either this is something not ruton or these are the dumbest group of rutons ever <laughs> and i i just i i could not it's a page turner i could not it stop the joy through of it. the story is trying to figure out what they're doing and how they're doing it yeah. i think i read the this book time. in four days guys. <laughs> four days because i could not put it down i would read like six chapters at a time i just was so captivating i just uh just and the characterizations are wonderful samson is so good we've got ann travers again which is already a favorite of mine her we've got, and samson together yeah, are a great, just team. A great yeah. team uh hansen uh the cia operative, yes. well <laughs> former cia or okay the whack job uh <laughs> he really was a former CIA absolutely operative. wonderfully written and so just kept you on the on the edge of your seat and kept you on you just wondering wh- who is this guy? You first he's he's painted as just this bum, this whack job bum on the street, and then Chorley, oh my gosh, Chorley is just suffering from the repercussions of the Dominic's uh, uh, situation from uh, mutually assured domination. And, and trying to come to grips with that and thinking that, you know, Lethbridge Stewart is to blame and there's something sinister, which sort of kind of has, you've realized that this this relationship that was starting to bud between him and Lethbridge Stewart and the Dominator story is completely broke down now, which at least from Charlie's point of view. And I love the fact that he has no trust for him and he thinks he's being played and that Lethbridge Stewart is in on it. And... <laughs> It's actually it's it, I I love the the redemption that Charlie gets at the end. It's almost a backhanded favor that he gets from Lethbridge Stewart in exposing uh, BB, <laughs> Big Big Billy, <laughs> Big Billy yeah. at the end. But it it really kind of serves Charlie something necessary. It doesn't give him everything that he wants because he thinks it's going to be something more than it is, and so they kind of they hold that back just a bit from him. But he does, in the end, kind of be able to get his life back on track because of that. And it really all comes down to thanks to Lethbridge Stewart. So Lethbridge yeah. Stewart really ends up being a good guy to this bad guy that Charlie has painted him in this entire scenario. Um, and Montegreen, I thought, was fantastic. And I'll tell you, I think uh, Ben hit the nail on the head that the only thing that I struggled with, <laughs> and not in a bad way, was the over-characterized cartoonish Speaking of the fake, uh, say his name again. Schottengeist. Schottengeist. I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember. Say his name. It was one of those names that, as I read through it, I just went, "Yeah, that guy." You know, every time <laughs> the it, German. Was, it just became a picture of a name instead of reading the name in my head. Uh, that that characterization is 
spot on, and it's so difficult to read. But after you get used to the cadence of it, you start reading it and seeing the words. Then you, I just kept thinking of Colonel Clink. I just kept thinking of Colonel Clink in my head from Hogan's Heroes. I don't oh, know yeah. if you've ever seen uh, Hogan's yeah. Heroes. Just kept thinking of that. Well, then character. they give him uh, uh, Pot Pot Blitz, whatever his name yeah, was. Pot is, Blitz is, is, is <laughs> so that's obviously your Schultz. Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> Although more of a brutal, brutish yeah. Schultz than, than Schultz was. He was kind of lovable, and um, but just. The characters that Monty Green was playing. In fact, I wanted more. I wanted. I wanted. <laughs> see more I wanted more variety. paperclip. I wanted more uh, Wing Commander uh, Shepstone. Shepstone. I, I wanted more of those. Now, I liked the where they went with Shepstone too, as well, because while he was part of this ultimate entity, he does. <laughs> he, he bought still, into he, it. So well, much. he did because that's what he's. That's basically how he's imprinted with. And there was a moment there when he was trying to stay behind. When when they were getting out of the elevator and Anne was you know adamant and Hanson jumped in and got him out because he wasn't going to let him die again, <laughs> uh, get, that I kept thinking oh he must be in on this and so he's trying to figure out a way but he really wasn't but you could tell that something inside him felt that he needed to stay and then the whole getting further away and he would be winded from running and things like that but then playing the hero and ultimately giving him his life that was that was terrific. I kept I kept suspecting something was up with him and what is the deal why is he oh he's in on it he's, he's it's a ploy you're gonna get trapped again he's gonna do and they, they kind of dragged him out of the elevator and we get across at the compound and then he says well i'm i'm the hero after all to go open the gate and he grabs that crowbar and i'm i'm stealing myself I was like okay here we go here this 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 is the moment <laughs> this is where he's gonna turn on him and he goes to insert the crowbar in the thing and drops it and in that moment it was like no you're just really bad at this <laughs> <laughs> you're the hero but a really bad hero yeah and then he gets killed. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> right yeah. as I was beginning to believe in you. Yep. <laughs> that was Damn exact, it. I was the exact same. I was like, oh, okay. So I finally believe that you're who you who you think you are, and then you die. Which again, I think that works so that well for the story. It who he is completely helps. Yeah. And he does have that heroic moment by yeah. giving his own life. I like that. That was cool. And I I really like Schadengeist. The fact that they fully went there with the character of. Which one? <laughs> no, uh, well, both Schadengeist. Uh, the clone Schadengeist of the... Obviously, they lifted the line in homage to Underwater Menace. And, yeah, yeah. Even so much as the d- dispatching of the monster yeah, was absolutely. the same as yeah. Underwater Menace. Absolutely. It was so much homaging. I was so glad that it had just came out and we got to see it. Otherwise, all of that would have been so lost on me. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Um, and and just it. Well, here's here's the best thing about this book. There are no aliens. No, yeah. there are yeah. no aliens. It is a Earth being that has was discovered and has abilities beyond anything we've ever discovered in, in, before. And it's basically used and abused by the real Schottengeist. Schottengeist. <laughs> I'm just gonna look at you every time. Schottengeist. <laughs> And it, but he has this weird, twisted idea that it's a mutual symbiotic relationship. And ultimately, we find out because of the way that it reacts that it isn't 100% mutual. Yeah. uh, That it really just wants to get back to its. And it was using Shotguys to get to that point. The means had to be Shotguys got what he wanted, the bean got what it wanted. I can't remember what they exactly called it, but. And he was called the. They called him as a unit the factum. But I can't yes. remember. They had a name for the, uh, was a the bean or the beast f- that it was. Four foot more or something yeah, like that. Something yeah, something like that. Anyway. I have to go back and look. Um, and I like that Anne kind of uh, gets this premonition, not premonition, gets this suspicion of the, the, the jellyfish. It was, it was the, the, the guards were almost jellyfish-like, which yeah. really does a nice job of setting up the fact that, that that's kind the of the, yeah, that that's kind of what this is. Uh, so that works really well, um, and you can almost jump in here, guys, because I feel like I'm just going. Ah, this is, and this was good, and this was good, and this was good, and I love this. Siphonophore. That's it. Siphonophore. Uh, you can almost uh, extrapolate that it came from the Silurian era. Like that's kind of where my brain went with it oh. because it was underwater and like sea devil. Like it could have been trapped away and it looks somehow. Like any sea devil. Well, no, seen. but. <laughs> It could have been from that because we know these other beings that are trapped under the sea or under the earth 
that have powers far beyond what we we I knew. Think if they said if they had nailed it down to the end of scene area era, I probably would have maybe. But it, it kind of in that vein, at the very least. Sure. I, that's okay, kind of how I, I see that. I, 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 I that's how I had to wrap okay, my brain yeah. around. Oh, it's not an alien. How, how is this possible then? I liked um, Clone Schottengeist being as over the top as he was. He had that. I don't know if I can say Saturday morning cartoon. We are talking about a Nazi. But he was cartoonish. <laughs> but, he was very cartoonish. Very cartoonish. Yeah. Very, very. Yeah. But then real Schottengeist was almost, uh, what was the guy's name from uh, season two of uh, Heroes, the one who took over Hydra, who was a Nazi from the, the, the scientist guy. Heroes? Not Heroes. <laughs> what? So, uh, shield. Um, 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 what's oh, his face? Uh, I know who Neil Diamond? About. No, Diamond... <laughs> I don't think Neil. I missed Neil Diamond in season sure two. Neil all ago. Diamond was the furthest thing from a Nazi that you could get. You know the one, the, <laughs> the, the gray-haired guy with the little glasses. Yeah, the, little the guy from Dollhouse. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was him. Okay, well, yes, I know okay. who you're talking about. Not in reference to Dollhouse, but yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, um, but he kind of had that element, a bit of that vibe to, yes, to him yeah. that, that was like suddenly. I mean, don't get me wrong. Cartoon Schlottengeist was 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 scary. Reed Diamond, that's the actor's name. Reed okay, Diamond. I wouldn't have got that. But uh, a, a cartoon Schlottengeist was scary, yeah. in his cartoon way. Yeah. But then when this guy shows up, all of a sudden it was like, oh, yeah. never mind yeah, the fact you yeah, have a jellyfish yeah. attached to your back. You know, that, with this big thing, this guy is the legit threat, and I like the fact that these were all just different elements of his personality and how they were able to to differentiate between the two, despite really kind of being the, the, yeah. the, the that it was the same person. Well, and the, the nice thing is that he has a, a global accent. He doesn't yes. have that stereotypical Nazi accent yeah. or German accent that we you know has come through comedy and television things like that. He has that 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 world accent, and that makes his character even more realistic in the sense that, of course, this many years on, I mean, only twenty years, but he had been, you know, enveloped into different programs. The CIA obviously had a program, and they, you know, so he he had kind of adapted to his means, and so he comes across that way, which is even scarier than the fact that he was so genius and manipulative and calculating and things like that. So. Um, and, I, and I love the fact that Hanson was right the whole time. I, I love that he wasn't just a nut job that believed that he was tracking down this old Nazi. He really was tracking down this old Nazi. And, and they there messed, was a reason why he was a nut job. And they messed with his brain. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that the aluminum foil actually did help. Yeah. And, 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 so, and what a great way of, of, of pulling this unbelievably well-constructed tapestry that you've got the the TV show thread, and then all of a sudden you've got the clone thread. That these are all elements of the same guy, and and and, and all of these separate kind of things that are they're not separate. They're all facets of the same story. But then when he comes out and says, "Now there's a Nazi war criminal on the loose," and you're like, "What?" <laughs> you don't believe him at first. I know. It's like what? Yeah. And so then when Schottengast shows up uh, as you, who you would presume is the Nazi war criminal, you're like. Okay, dude's yeah, dude's just nuts. Yeah. There's just I don't know what to do, but no, it actually there is, is a, a Nazi, a Nazi war criminal. <laughs> and there was a Shepstone that was the hero yeah. and died, and oh. which I, so well constructed to pull all the pieces together at the end. I, yeah. I, I like how uh, Shepstone was a thinly veiled cartoon version of Lethbridge Stewart. Yes, oh, yes. Certainly. yeah, you know, even very, with the little uh, pencil little, yeah. mustache, and yeah, and it's probably a good thing that those two never had a scene together. Yeah, that'd <laughs> yeah. be a little too meta I, for the. I, yeah, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Um, anybody else read Schlotten guys' dialogue out loud? <laughs> I, there, there were times I did uh, not necessarily for help, but just because it was fun. Well, no, mostly no. for help. <laughs> I mostly did for help. I think I would mouth it out loud. Just and there were some words that I just it. I had no idea what there he was, was trying there to was say. There were sometimes I'd have to go back and read the dialogue again to make sure I was getting what he was saying. But and it was it, I stood in front of the mirror and recited speeches. <laughs> the first <literally>. couple of times <laughs> that I read passages in his speech, I kept thinking, "Oh, this is really kind of cornball." 
I really did. I almost went that direction. And then the more that it continued to play out and more they were developing his character, <laughs> you could tell I realized, it was intentional. This is intentional. This has to be this way. And ultimately, that's paid off. Yeah, this is a caricature of something that is is based on something else. It's just I liked what you said about Charlie too. I didn't for for all of the the love that that I had for uh, mutually assured domination. I really didn't kind of take into account that you know one of my favorite parts of it was Chorley, who became this really great character, and then got discarded. I never really gave too much truck to the end of that story, where it's like, what is going to happen with poor Chorley? I just knew that I enjoyed the ride, and that was it. And so when this one picks up, and his mind is gone, and yeah. he's an alcoholic, yeah. and it's just, I, I, I felt a little bit. His of, life is in shambles. I didn't think about the ramifications of the fun <laughs> ride I had. You know, it's, uh, now I now it's, I, it's and it's really nice to follow up on those things. The well, fact it is. That it wasn't yeah. just a left. It wasn't just oh, everything's hunky dory. Well, I just I, I I felt almost bad for enjoying mutually assured domination because look what they did to poor Charlie. <laughs> so it was nice to see him get at least the beginnings of a, a, a turnaround yes. to kind of get back into the you know. And I, uh, the, the relationship that he has with Lester Stewart, even though on his side it's, well, he's to blame for all of, you know, my memory loss and this, that, and the other thing. Well, technically, I guess, true. Yeah. Um, but I like the fact that Lethbridge Stewart still sees Chorley as a tool yeah. and a journalist. Well, something to be kept at arm's length, even though he kind of sort of has this weird begrudging admiration for the guy. <laughs> well, but ultimately, too, in the middle of this, he still wants to keep him at arm's length because he's like, you know, he can't quite be trusted. I, st- I still can't, you know, give him everything. But then ultimately using him when he does, Charlie says he has to go to the bathroom. And he's like, okay. He's using Charlie and <laughs> yeah, Charlie's yeah. unaware. That was such a great <laughs> funny Because Charlie's like, uh, okay. So he goes off and then he says, well, you know, I can, I, I, having to use the bathroom was a good ploy to get out of here. Of course, I did have a full bladder. Because I tried, so he really did have to go to the bathroom and also was using <laughs> excuse to get away and explore and nose around. I thought that was kind of clever, too. He kind of admits, but yeah, I did have a full bladder, too. But <laughs> just, just the fact that, you know, Charlie's got his, uh, okay, I'm going to go over here and do this thing. And they're all like, all right. And then... Everything's timed out, and Lethbridge Stewart's for it. Of course, I knew he was going to sneak away at the earliest opportunity. <laughs> Duh! <laughs> Just uh, such good stuff there. But um, yeah, Samson was great. Um, I like that he's going to stick around and join the faith. Yeah, I, I was, uh, yeah. Samson's a, a, a fascinating character because he's every bit of that macho character that you kind of place, especially in the 1960s. But he's also not so much of that macho character that he doesn't have uh, some of that uh, soft side. Yeah. He also does, he, while he comes off a little bit flirtatious with Anne, he never seems to be very uh, misogynistic or very chauvinistic or anything like that. So he comes off as this really strong male character but not quite alpha male and not mm-hmm. quite, you know, uh, especially by giving him the weakness. The one weakness which I think really grounds his character was the fact that he was scared of heights. And when it first came, <laughs> And Anne's reaction to that. When it was first put in there, I sort of thought, okay, why, what was the point of, of Cooper thinking that he needed to give this character a weakness? And then it, after you're done reading it, you realize that it speaks volumes for the character in the sense that it paints this picture of he's not this complete you know uh um invulnerable guy he has faults and this is one of them and he has to struggle through that and that really makes Anne shine in the sense that she does not have that weakness so she ends up having to be the leader through that and push him through it and i liked that i thought that was really cleverly done everything that they we we didn't get with sally in the short we got with Anne in this one Mm -hmm. which 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 was great um I, I liked that her descent into madness, as it were, with everything and the craziness that was going on at the studio, pretty much all culminated from, I am bored out of my mind. <laughs> There's nothing to do. They won't give me the toys that I need. You want to come with me? Sure. Let's go do something. 
and then the ball just kind of and, and took and off. Reaction and to driver the... Evans just sitting in the office watching TV. <laughs> well, if you'd given me the stuff I needed, I wouldn't have to be here watching television with Evans. And and the nice little dig later when he goes, "Is there any any way we can prove this?" And she says, "Well, if I'd gotten the radio spectrometer I asked for, I could have you know, <laughs> yeah. noted." Doing a little digs the whole time. And her reactions when she's going through the test chambers of, I don't know how to knit. <laughs> and so, how sexist can you be? I can't cook. She can cleverly cook. comes up with the the knot system so, so she's that she has something, something that at least can and then prove. tucks the knitting needle yeah. away to use later. <laughs> Constantly looking for weapons and then and moving into the and, and she's very grateful that the the next door opens because she or after they get through and I think uh, uh, the wing commander uh, step. Shepstone. Shepstone comes through and she realizes, thank goodness this happened now so that I didn't have to go to the next room, which was child rearing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's, like, she's, she's relieved that it ended early enough that she didn't have to go through several of these different char- uh, stereotypes for, for females. Uh, the, the gas thing, prying the thing off. <laughs> oh, well, first of all, keeping the crochet needle, which was genius. Yeah, and, and then prying the knife off so that she could use that later. I mean, it was just gathering the tools that she needed to survive. And then calling had. back to it later when she's up in the radio tower of, well, I don't have a knitting needle. I've actually got the tools <laughs> I need. the tools that I need. She shoves the screwdriver in there. I almost... She, she used the screwdriver to get through the lock, and she used the screwdriver to get through the bomb. She used the screwdriver to get up into the tower. She used the screwdriver on the transmitter. And every time, I, I almost was waiting for her to say something about... This could be a little more sonic. <laughs> I mean, it, just, it, it became such a great. It's a screwdriver. That, that's all it is. Yeah. You know, handle. That's. But man, <laughs> when you're used to dealing with knitting needles and knives, all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 no. I've got a tool. <laughs> Look at me go. I'm tearing stuff up. Uh, I also love the fact that uh, Bishop and his team get a, a quick uh, moment when they plan and, when they go to Plan B. And, and they hear such the a, gunfire, and so they just come in like the cavalry. Such a unit moment, too. Yeah, very much so. That's so, totally now, something Benton would have done. Oh, okay, let's go. Were the guys that were that Bishop spotted that uh, or that, that that were on the front lines of that that also were the guys that that went that put on the ruse to they kept they kept talking about these two or three guys at the beginning they kept noticing and you know that when they dress up and they kidnap bb and then they have the fake shootout between units so that bb thinks that he's been which i thought was so cleverly as soon as they pulled into the warehouse and then there was this massive shootout i went aha yeah (laughs) i know what you're doing and this is genius um well because they kind of said that that's what they were going to do without saying that's what they were going to do just a chapter ahead of that and then they pull it off and you're like okay i know i know what's going on here so they they and even at the towards the end they make mention of these do you think that's Benton and uh, I sure hope so <laughs> and, oh uh, yeah I Yates suppose and, so and uh, maybe somebody else maybe uh, yeah, uh, Osgood Osgood maybe I don't know <laughs> I just they, he kept they kept making a point at least in two or three times to, to I, I only remember to the second give reference. these faceless references to these guys the, the nameless kinda, guys who cannot be named I I'm had sure kind of hoped that maybe steel, those but. were the guys that were maybe one of them was Bartlett and the other one was uh, <laughs> <laughs> Collins they're not Collins uh, it was Sean something else wasn't it I don't remember how oh it was Collins it was Collins, yeah, it was Collins. but um, maybe it was Bartlett Collins. yeah no I, I as much as I have uh, the, the, the only complaint that I can have about Samson being such a great character and I'm looking forward to him being a new addition is unfortunately Bill had to take a back seat. Yeah. While they yeah. kind of built him up, which I, I get and I understand that because we're building I the team. I think you're fine with it this but, time, yeah. Though, because we've had Bill, so we had you know obviously Bishop was was uh, uh, built up, and developed as a character in uh, Forgotten Son. Uh, we didn't get too much Bill in uh, Schizoid Earth, but we do get very heavy with Bishop yeah. in uh, uh, Beast of Beast. Fang Rock. Thank you, Beast of Fang Rock. Then he's kind of sidelined again. So he's he's but, been, but he's got it, it kind of alternates because moon, he had moon a moon that he had a large yeah. point. So I was actually I was maybe based on that pacing, I was okay with the fact that Bishop right. Really gets and I, I also really liked how at the end Samson kind of recognized, oh, there's a little something there between Ann and Bishop. I'm I'm not gonna yeah. interfere yeah. with that. I, I really like that aspect because yeah. that that could have easily been a a tr- love triangle or a, a competing uh, oh yeah I want her uh, you know macho stuff and it, it's not there could have been a lot wasn't. of posturing there yeah, and they I, didn't go that direction well and I think Anne even 
notices something about Bill that even kind of maybe uh, uh, endears her more to him. And there's something that's yeah. said there near the end that kind of endears her more to Bill. And so I kind of got the impression that she wasn't falling for Samson either. It was no, more of yeah. a, she had this mutual <laughs> Samson respect. Samson was kind of falling for Anne. Yes, but, yes, yeah. but, uh, but he's not the kind of guy that's going to try to interfere exactly, and get in the way. Exactly. Uh, gosh, I... <laughs> they just knocked it out of the park with this book. This is this is a, a, this is a fine job. And, with and then story. to cap it off, the epilogue. Well, the yeah. bit. <laughs> and, and, and the Finally. one other, the one other bit. Finally, the, he's the brigadier. The one other bit in the uh, in, in the climax with giving us uh, dwarf store alloy. <laughs> dwarf store <Yeah>! alloy. <laughs> I was a little excited by that. I did this. I read that. And went what? <laughs> they did not go there. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was really cool. <laughs> That's not copyright. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, and and knowing that it was at Area Fifty One, it would explain the, the CIA and yeah, you know, how. Yeah. yeah, totally on board. Bought well, all of that. But no problem. I, I, I didn't even question it. I think the other thing. I go, speaking of the do- door star, I think the other thing that I really like about this is while. The jellyfish part of the symbiotic unit of the factum was sort of responsible for all of this. It ultimately had one thing, and that was to go back to its living secluded in in the darkness. Yeah. And so I'm glad that it was able to remove itself. Yeah, remove itself from everything and get into that dark soil where it could live out the rest of its life and nobody ever in that chamber where nobody would even know it was there except for obviously Lethbridge Stewart, who really is the only one that does know it's there because he was the only one left surviving down in that room because even Hanson dies down there as well. And and, and what a great footnote to to this, this horrible threat that we get an inkling from, at least from the Lethbridge Stewart's impression, that it's not really a threat. It's just been forced into being a threat because of these external yes, forces. Yes. Yeah. And that it, we, as fans, know what this dwarf store alloy is capable of, you know. You're sealed in. That's it. That's yeah. the end of it. <laughs> right. Okay. I can leave it alone in there. Yeah, I'm not absolutely. going to worry well, I, about I, leaving this threat yeah. underneath. Well, the, I, the I, fact I, that Lethbridge Stewart also recognizes I can't tell Hamilton about this because right, he right. would then go and unearth it and which cause is, a whole sorts is, of issues. Which is funny because that's completely against Lethbridge Stewart that decides to blow up the uh, Silurian complex oh. <laughs> to much to the third Doctor's chagrin, chagrin because you True. know we just need to you know we got to stamp on it now. So it it kind of does conflict with that, but. but. There's also plenty of time in between where he could learn to the not other, trust him as well. Also, the a difference between thing, one jellyfish and an well, army. The of, other thing that helps, though, is that the visions in his mind that he gets of the levers that are needed, first the one that floods the base, and the second the lever that will get him out of there, to me were telegraphed to him from the internet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So he realizes that at that point there's an, that, that was an ally. It was a it was someone doing something for him. So this is in his character to give back to that and say, "We're safe. You're tucked away. We don't have to worry about you anymore. I can I can live with that." So that, that kind of soft soft sells the whole fact that we get the brig later on down the line because the Silurians had no concessions. They were oh just, yeah, you know, they were. <laughs> yeah. the, the, he was going on the the doctors was said it was going to be okay, and he was like. No, they have not done anything for us. <laughs> Blow them up, <laughs> and that's why this that this doesn't conflict with that for me. Yeah, and I and like Moonblink, I like the fact that the quote unquote alien was being used and wasn't necessarily a bad guy. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't have to blow it up to resolve the issue, I, I like that change of pace. Oh, I kind of hope the grandfather infestation returns back to a baddie because that's two <laughs> because books in a row. Yeah, if you do three in a row, then it's kind of like, okay, guys, come Unless on. this is this, uh, the run of that's the good guys for, the, uh, for, for this for the book. first four of this line. And then, all right, then. All relatively terrestrial <laughs> because even Moonblink, Moonblink was, I mean, moon. they came from somewhere else and colonized, but it's still lunar-based. Rather, and, you know, yeah. yeah, terrestrial. I, um, I started this early really um nor- normally i'm you know the week of and that's when i i get to sit down and read it and, and i was ahead of the game this time i started the book and um finished it yesterday not because 
I, I just didn't have the time to really devote to it, but in a way that I think helped my enjoyment of it, because as much as I wanted to digest the next part of it and was ready to go, I just couldn't. Well, it, when, so you, then, when you get the gaps in between in reading like that, you get to percolate on what you've read and anticipate what's to come, and as opposed to sometimes, at least for me, sitting down and reading large chunks at a time, sometimes because I'm reading so much of it, I tend to forget parts that happened earlier in the chunk I've been reading. You don't get a chance to digest it as well because it's yeah. just bam and it's all there. Yeah. See, I'm a little but, different because if I if I spread out a reading of a book too long, sometimes by the time I pick it back up, I've kind of forgotten it's, what It's got to be what just the right before. amount of time. It's, yeah, there's, so, there's a sweet spot that you got to hit in there. But also, I, I was true to form when I said earlier, I just I couldn't put this thing down. I just kept going and going and going and going, which is probably the a good thing because I did start it late, but <laughs> it would have had but I didn't feel like I, I mean I I plowed through it yesterday probably the, the biggest chunk of it yesterday because I would put it I would read it and then I'd put it down and I think oh I could go another chapter and I'd read it and I'd put it down and then I would be forced to have to oh well, we got to go do something or we, we're going you know the family's going to do something so I'd go away and I then I'd come back and I'd sit back down and go okay I got about an hour now and then that hour would turn into two hours because I had plowed through <laughs> six more chapters and I was like oh, it just I, I think it allowed me to savor it. This time out, it's like I, said, I just I really hit the perfect storm of yeah. of, of as much as I want to do because I, I you know would just do, 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 and read, and then I'd have to go do something, and so I, I would have to put it down. And a couple of days would go by before I could pick it back up again, and it would just sit there calling to me, "Come read me." It's like I'm trying, <laughs> and such a just compelling. The, the other read. interesting part of this is this story really takes place over the course of a few days. Oh, yeah. We're talking, what was it, 18 chapters? I mean... 20. 20 20-some chapters. 21, Over the course of two or three days. And actually, it's like two and a half days, because I think it starts the night before, or two nights before. But the the interesting thing to me is, I think the reason why I could continue to go on chapter to chapter is because I'm done with three chapters, and we still haven't got out of the studio yet. And I'm like, what is... They got it. How are they going to get out? So I go to another chapter. We're still not out of the studio. Okay, we finally escaped, and we got away. We're going back to the studio. (laughs) Wait a minute. It's written so well that I hit that halfway point where you get this kind of climax. We've escaped the studio, and we're out, and we're doing the thing. And it was like, yay! And you meet up with Lethbridge Stewart, and it feels like... Da, 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 wrapped up and, and, and then we suddenly the realize we get the debrief yeah. you know yeah. it's like uh, and then you suddenly realize you've still got a half a book to go because they haven't dealt with the threat yet that yeah. was just we just escaped the studio oh we've man. discovered the threat now we have to deal with the threat that's the two acts here we've discovered the yeah. threat now we have to escape and and not to mention samson and, and uh 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 and <laughs> get away from the studio twice because they got away once and were captured and taken <laughs> yeah, back because they went there to investigate they get out then they're run down by the uh, uh stormtroopers who take them back and put them in yeah. experiment and of course hansen unfortunately he never got away the first time because he had snuck in with chorley chorley managed to get away but yeah but chorley comes back <laughs> with with Lethbridge Stewart, so Charlie ends up going back as well. I forgot. I, I totally forgot about that. Charlie was in once, went went back with Lethbridge Stewart because he was trying to convince him something was going on here. It was the other neat thing too was the fact that he can't. The the, the Lethbridge Stewart was still concerned about Anne, but he had enough. He had in the back of his mind, well, she's, she shouldn't take care of herself. She, yeah. You know, and Samson's a, a capable guy. He knows him from you know his past. And he, he kept thinking, okay, we're, we're checking on them. We're, we're seeing if the, something's going on with the studio. But you know, he'd call back and say, has Miss Travers checked back in yet? No. But he still had it in his mind that, well, she, she can take care of herself. She's very, very capable. And so he never felt like he had to rush in there and find her. No, I'm not leaving here until I find yeah. uh, Travers. He just went in there, kind of did his investigation. And, when he goes, and, 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 and it, it ends up paying off because she and Samson do end up getting And, and the way he approaches it feels like... If it were Bishop in there, he would have done the exact same thing. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't feel like yeah. he's doing it because she's a woman. Right, exactly. There's also that nifty bit at the end, of, uh, in the debrief section, where um, after chastising them for running off on their own, that he then turns around and says, by the way, we need some sort of shortwave communications thing so that we're not calling the home office <laughs> trying to relay messages. <laughs> And it's it, it's it's a wonderful bit because it's it's just a cool. And then you realize, yeah, that, that would be really handy. And then you kind of get into the 
Yeah, we didn't have cell phones or anything like that. No. And I, I kind of think back on the it's it's weird because I bridged both sides of that. I, I, I lived in a world where you had to check your messages. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, what's this? It's a pager. It, is... it lets me know that somebody's trying to call me. <laughs> even what is that the, worthless piece of technology? Even in the unit era of the show, they are you they are using radios from time to time. Oh yeah. But there is a lot of times where Lethbridge Stewart having to call back to home base in order to check in. Has the doctor come in? Yet? No, he hasn't. Okay. Exactly. I mean, so they're still they did kind of settle that and fix that a little bit so that the, the the inner communication, you know, whenever they're in the field can be done over walkie-talkie. But they're still having to call into the base. To check on each other sometimes. So, a great book. I, it I, really I, is. I just, I, in fact, this is right up there with Beast of Fang Rock. It for me, it really is. I can, I can't say that it's better because I don't know that it. I I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know. I it, I hate ranking things, but it definitely is up there, right there with Beast and and Forgotten Son because I really enjoyed Forgotten Son as well. But. Uh, even even the the Dominators one is this they, they, this it's whole series has been four. so good, but this yeah. one was in top form. Uh, yeah, it's top four. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, well, I'd say it's top three for certain. Beast, and, and probably sure Domination, top, and, and, and Showstoppers are my top two. three. I, I, I'm I not going to rank them yeah, within I that think, top three. I but think but within that top three, that I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm not going to rank them within that top three, yeah. but they're all up there in the. Such Man, and and I I didn't mean to cut you off. the epilogue. Yeah, the epilogue. We finally get the promotion. Jonathan Cooper is the author of this one. Well, he can come back and write a lot more Lethbridge Spirit. Absolutely. <laughs> There's also a very fun um, character profile at the end yeah, uh, on Samson. I, I read most of that. Every time they do one of those, I make sure I go in. and Because you just give that much more of the character as you go. Which will help because you know when they do a character profile, that character is obviously coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a character profile for Hanson. Anything else you guys want to touch on on this book? Thoroughly so. enjoyable. Really enjoyable. Um, a lot of fun. Yeah. Just, I, I wonder if the setting, the 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 near Hollywood uh, uh, setting of. Uh, the, so, the studio, were, if that may be called to us a little bit more than and, and, and there were times where some of that with, felt like it was kind of poking fun at Doctor Who itself. Oh, totally, blimey! Oh yeah, <laughs> that TV show. Is yeah, I, I think, but, and, and, but, but and more not going of, overboard. Yeah, by just yeah. giving little and, and, little, and, and, little nuggets of uh, yeah. And we associate because what we know from sixties British television is television <laughs> is predominantly Doctor Who. Careful but keep it's your not, accent to showing. It's not just Doctor Who, it's any British television right, from right. that time period that it's kind of poking fun yes, at. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule? Well, next week on the schedule is some Colin Baker action in Mind Warp, which means yet another chance to watch Brian Blessed go nuts and destroy a lab. <laughs> Yay! Expect lots of dive tweets. <laughs> <laughs> should be should be a spirited Friday Night Who, uh, and then uh, some uh, Titan Comics coming up uh, uh, next week because obviously we've already reviewed Mind Warp, uh, so we're going to be doing uh, the Eleventh Doctor uh, issues six through ten in the second season, which will be nice to get back to uh, that story arc with the uh, where we left off last time, the reveal of River Song, <laughs> and it's like ah. So uh, uh, getting back to that. And then also uh, Big Finish, mainline story number 84, The Nowhere Place, which if I've done my uh, my scheduling properly, I believe is a Colin Baker episode. So I don't have that right in front of me, so I don't know, but I, I, I think it is. Uh, beyond that, uh, the following week, we've got uh, Neil Gaiman's Nightmare in Silver with Matt Smith for Friday Night Who. And then uh, our uh, Beyond the Doctor, which did we ever officially determine what we were doing for that yet? Or? I... I... I don't think so. We should probably make a decision on that. So we can let people know. Are we up to? I think we collectively 11. agreed, but I don't think yeah, we officially determined. Uh, pri- uh, Pi- Pride and Prejudice Pride and Zombies. And zombies that is officially right? what I we're going to. Okay. We decided finally to do. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to we're, we're going to watch Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yeah. Uh, um, for uh, our Matt Smith uh, Beyond the Doctor, so that'll be our, our review for for that week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, th- I thought he was going to go one more week. Oh, you want to go one more well, week? Well, we know what it is. So. Oh, well, it's uh, David Tennant and Gridlock, uh, because we're going to do an adversary archive. That's why you want to do it. You're excited about this. 
I feel like we pushed this one down the road for some reason. Uh, adversary well, Archive for the Macra. Um, but uh, it's double duty because not only is it an Adversary Archive, um, but we're also going to be re- uh, doing a Lost in Time with the Macra Terror. Uh, now, none of the episodes of uh, this story exist, unfortunately. Uh, so we will be tackling that via the target novelization. Uh, it was a target novelization, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, it was. And then... Uh, 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 are, the, are any of them not target novelizations, aside from Shada? I suppose it's uh, a good City point. of Death. Oh, yeah, City of Death. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, they didn't do a target one for City no. of no, City of no, that's, never, that's, that's why they didn't. Yeah, yeah, never officially been novelized. One, so. he, he wouldn't let them do it. They couldn't it pay him enough to novelize it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I just assume that it's a target novelization. Okay. I just kind of... Yeah, they're yeah, all target yeah, novelizations, all aren't they? Yeah. yeah, good point. <laughs> um, you say novelization, I say target. That's, <laughs> that's how that works. Uh, but then also with the uh, the, the recon from the, uh, the, the loose cannon folk uh, for the audio. So we'll be tackling that as well. And then uh, some more exciting stuff uh, on the way. All right. Well, uh, if you're not already supporting us on, as a Patreon supporter, well, why not? Go to our website, travelingvortex.com, and on the uh, right-hand side of the page, there is a place where you can click to support us on Patreon, and 100% of those proceeds go back into this podcast. They're and about if, to go back in this podcast to pay for the server again yeah, for this year. So back around. <laughs> so, uh, and if you are already supporting us, we thank you so much, and uh, maybe consider to give us a little more. <laughs> <laughs> twist your arm just a little bit more no we certainly appreciate everything and, and anything that anybody can give uh as a to support the show donate to support the show and of course there are uh, other links on the website as well where you can purchase things and a portion of those proceeds go back into this show as well uh anything else we haven't touched on that we need to finish up this week i just want to throw out our thanks to the folks over at candy jar for yeah. allowing us to continue to review the lethbridge Stewart books as they uh as they come out and Keep up the fine work, gentlemen. Absolutely. We're enjoying them. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, God bless. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Nothing Thanks. in the world can stop me now. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.